0: Thank you for listening to A Call to Freedom, the audio podcast of Freedom Ministries Church located in Apopka, Florida. I'm Pastor Freddie Fillmore Sr., and I want to welcome you to our church. You can watch our broadcast online every Sunday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can also join us for Shabbat prayer every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and Bible study at 7 p.m. on Thursday. For more information, on how to watch or to submit a prayer request please visit our website or visit us on social media the information is also listed in the show notes to this podcast it is my desire that the message this week blesses, challenges and encourage you in your walk of faith thank you again for joining us And I pray you enjoy the word.
1: Well, welcome to another broadcast from Freedom Ministries Church here in Apopka, Florida, where our pastor is Freddie Fillmore Sr. My name is Brother Paul and I'm one of the ministers here at the church. And we just thank God for this another opportunity to minister a word from God to you. Uh, we, vi- we really value and we, we, we don't take it lightly that God would give us this responsibility, especially in the times that we're living in right now. There's so much stuff that's out there, there's so many uh, other things that we can be hearing and viewing, and we really need to hear from God. And so I, 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 I thank God for this opportunity. Uh, like I said, we take this seriously. And, and as I was praying about um, what to speak during this time, uh, I just kept hearing seasons, and I, I just didn't get any much more than that. I was hearing seasons, and eventually I said, "Well, what you know is it holiday seasons? What is this all about?" And then all of a sudden it started getting more sharper and sharper. I said, "Well, we're in the." This autumn season, this is fall time of year. And all of a sudden, it came clear, the word harvest. And once it came to me, I said, that's it. So God has given me a message on harvest today. And before we get into that, I just want to remind you that we have Shabbat prayer on every Tuesday at 7 p.m. And we have our Bible studies every uh Thursdays at 7 p.m. And a new thing that we're having just at the end of this month on October 31st, we're having a, a dinner and a get-together here at the church. It's not going to be inside the church. It's going to be kind of like a dr- a drive-in. We're going to drive up here in our parking lot, and we're going to be serving food. So that's one thing we want you to be aware of. We just want to reconnect with people. Some people I haven't seen you know, since this whole thing has started. So it would be good for us to see each other. Uh, I think that's going to be a great time. So at this time, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before your holy presence once again in the name of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you because you're yet speaking. You're yet revealing to us, your people, who you are and, and who we are And what you would have us to do, who you would have us to be, continuing to remind us that there's a bigger picture. This thing is bigger than than us. And we we thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We thank you for the direction that you continue to give us. We thank you for all the many blessings and and the protections, all the provisions, the things that we are aware of and the things that we're not aware of. And we just thank you, God, because we know that every good and perfect gift comes from you. So, Lord, as we hear this word today, we pray, Lord, that we would receive it and let your word accomplish what you want it to accomplish. I'm excited about it because uh, you never disappoint. You always speak a, a relevant a word right to us, Lord, right where we are. And that's what we really need in these times that we're living in. So, God, we thank you and we just ask that you would bless us as we continue on with this word in your son, Jesus name. Amen. As I was talking about harvest. So naturally I had to think about, okay, harvest season. I don't normally associate this season with harvest, but it is a a harvest type of season. I just normally think of autumn and fall and the, the leaves changing colors and things like that. But when the word harvest came to me, I had to, to look that up because naturally I thought I knew what harvest meant. And I pretty much did. But the thing that kind of got my attention was that there's really two basic components to the word harvest. Harvest is an action word. It's a verb because it's the actual process of harvesting your crops, your gathering, your working. Um, you're doing something to bring the crops in. So that's part of the word harvest is the process. And the other word of harvest is what I was thinking more of is the season. It's that period. It's that time when you gather in your crops. The harvest, the, the process part of harvest is the actual working and bringing in of the, of the crops. But it's also includes the preparation uh, here again, this is something I, I really didn't think that much about. I just thought when it's harvest time you just go out there and harvest your corn or your fruit or whatever it is you're harvesting. but that this that, that, takes a lot of preparation. Uh, you have to once you're picking your fruit or your corn or whatever you have to have some type of container to put these things in. So part of the preparation is getting your containers, your storage containers, your bushels, your baskets. Part of your preparation is the transportation of your product. Part of the the process is coordination, the timing of it, the getting and acquiring of the laborers, the workers that are going to do all this work. The presentation is another thing I didn't think about. The presentation of the product, so, so much so that if fruit or different things don't look good, you don't necessarily harvest that because it's not going to, it's not going to show good. So all these things that I didn't think about in, in harvesting uh, is in, in, in part of the preparation. And even this last one, you have to set a value or a cost on what you're, what you're harvesting because you want a return on your investment. You've invested so much in labor and in the, the seed and, and the time and all this stuff. So you have to do a valuation on what you want to get, what you want to reap, after what you have sown and then the 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 thing with the, so that's part of the process part of harvesting and the period part of harvesting has to do with the season in general there's certain seasons for certain crops in general and then the, but there's also when something is due when there's an expected time we, we I normally just think about that when I think about women that are pregnant. They have a due date. But that's just an expected time. It's not a set-in-stone time. I don't know how many babies were born on their exact due date. But harvesting has an expected time as, as well. And then there's an, an opportunity, and that's more of a specific window of time that you have to get your product uh, there's, there's, there's a window. If you if you wait too late, it's not going to be right. If you try to get it too soon, there's a specific window of time when you can when you can reap what you have sown. And then, lastly, concerning the season or the timing of the harvesting, is the necessary time. These are the times when, because of weather conditions, certain emergencies, it might be. Swarm of locusts or fire, whatever it is that's out of the ordinary. Sometimes we have to harvest sooner because of that. If it's if something is wrong, you got to get it while you can get it or you won't be able to get it. And so I said, wow, all this stuff is with harvesting. But I'm like, but what does that got to do with a message for God's people? I'm thinking harvesting. And then one of the scriptures that that came to me when I was looking up scriptures, it, it, it let me know that during the time of harvest, usually there is a joy that is associated with harvesting. Cause after all you've, you've, you've waited a while you've, you had to plant the seed and I know it's not like the cartoons. So I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but you don't plant a seed today and expect to harvest tomorrow. So, after you've planted your seed and after you fertilize it and you've protected it, you may have to keep doing some things. You've, time is going by and you have to wait and you may have to battle some elements and do some things. So when it's time to harvest, that's a time of joy because you're like, wow, I finally get to reap. I finally get the benefit from all this work that we've done. And there's a scripture in Isaiah 9, 3 and B. Now, this is a different type of harvesting. I never even considered this a harvest. Um, but when I saw it in the scripture, because it's, it's talking about when they go out to war and battle, sometimes you have to fight. And when you win, there's a, there's a saying that says, to the victor goes the spoils. The scripture in, in Isaiah 9 and 3, it says, there is a joy in harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil, when they get the goods and the stuff that's been taken. So after a battle, there's a certain type of harvesting. So now I'm think, okay, this is all well and good, but spiritually speaking, what are we talking about? And usually, spiritually in the scriptures, when it's talking about harvest, it's talking about the harvesting of the souls for salvation. Matthew 9. Truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And so I said, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now now I'm feeling a little bit better about this thing. And then on another occasion, and this is a, a separate occasion. I thought this was just a different telling of the same thing. But this is only found in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. And this is when Jesus was sending out the the seventy other disciples that He commissioned to go on a mission. Uh, they were going to be going witnessing, and He sent them out in pairs. Uh, but He almost says the same thing. Let me read. Start with verse one. It says, "And after these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two and two before His face into every city and place, whither He Himself would come." Therefore, he said unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers unto his harvest. He almost says the exact same thing. Except one time he says the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers, the workers are few. And this time he says the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. But both times he says, pray. That's the common denominator. Pray. Yes, the, the harvest is great, is plenty. And the laborers are few, but pray to the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest is God. And so I was thinking about, if, we, if we're talking about souls, God knows the perfect time. Talking about the harvest is, the, is that process, but it's also that period. God knows it all. He knows When they're ripe, when they're ready, Uh, God is not going to have us wasting our time. God, I believe, is efficient. Uh, He knows so much. He he stays on schedule. Jesus was one like that. They tried to get Jesus to do things when it wasn't. He said, it's not my time. He couldn't waste time doing what God didn't uh, commission him to do. So when it says pray to God, because God knows when someone is ready. I know a lot of people, they give their life to the Lord as children. But I know that there are some people that waited till age 29 before they gave their life to the Lord. Why? Because they weren't ready. Had they heard the word? Yeah, they heard the word, but they weren't ready. God knows the exact time. That's why when we go out, we just don't go out nilly willy. We should be led of the Lord. When we go out, so pray ye therefore. But the other thing that these both these verses had in common, it says, "the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few." And I'm trying to figure out why are the workers few. And then, we got the clues really from the the second scripture that I read, the one here in Luke. I started with chapter ten, verse one, but at the end of chapter nine, it kind of lets us know. There were a lot of people following Jesus. He was performing miracle after miracle. He was teaching things that, that had never been taught before, teaching with authority. He, he was really powerful, and he was. people were drawn to him. But now Jesus is starting to tell people the cost of discipleship. There were folks that were following him and, and, and wanted to keep going with him. He said, look, I'm not staying in a five-star hotel. I don't have limousine service. I don't have bodyguards and armor bearers and all this stuff and so that immediately uh, discouraged some people they said well you know, they were just wanting the miracles to just keep going one after another and then there was some that said Lord I'll follow you but let me bury my father first and Jesus said let the dead bury the dead you're alive now let, let, let dead people take care of that stuff and then there was another one All here leading up to this verse, he said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me at least go back to my family and friends and say goodbye. And that's when he said no. And so as I'm looking at these things and said, the laborers are few because people keep making excuses. The word of God is plain. The word of God is simple. It's not complicated. But you know, when you really don't want to do something, you make excuses. Cause when it's something you really want to do, you just do it. Uh, you don't have to pray too long about it. You don't have to hear from twelve angels, cause you 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 it's something that you want to do. And so the laborers are few because there's there's a lot of people that just they want they want the things they want the miracles they want what's the next new thing, and they get excited about that stuff. But Jesus is letting them know no. That's good, but that's temporary. What I'm calling you to do is an eternal work. When we when we reach a soul and they give their life to the Lord, that's for eternity. So when somebody gets healed, that's just temporary. Because eventually we're all going to leave this place. And we're going to have to live eternity somewhere. So Jesus was getting to what's more important. And so as I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about, Uh, the context that I normally hear harvesting in the church at large, reaping and sowing, it's usually about things. It's usually about more finances, houses and jobs and, and whatever it is. It's about things. And so a question came to me, what do we do when there is no apparent harvest? Not that we didn't sow seed, we could have sown seed. There's plenty of people that, that give of their time. They, they may feed the homeless and all this stuff. They may give monies to charities. But for whatever reason, they're not getting the harvest that they desire. What do you do when you're not getting that harvest? And one of my favorite scriptures is in Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Very familiar passage. It says, although the fig trees shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hind's feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places. Now, when I posed the question, what do you do when there is no apparent harvest? I was thinking something that's maybe just around the corner. You don't You don't see it yet. Or something that's there, but it's disguised. You know, sometimes there's a blessing that's in disguise. And so it's just... It's, it's not quite there, and so you just need to hold on a little bit longer. But this verse of scripture that I just read here in Habakkuk, it takes it to the nth degree. It's not saying that there might not be a harvest. It's using the word shall. It's definite. It's it's it is. Although the fruit tree shall not blossom. There's no if. There's no maybe. There's no might. It's not even going to blossom. And, it's used, it's a, and the fruit shall be in the vine. There, there's not going to be any fruit in the vines. Neither the, the labor of the olive. It's, it shall fail. And the field shall yield no meat. And the flock shall be cut off. And there shall be no herds in the soil. It's definite. And so it's taking it even a step further. And you're like, wait a minute. We're guaranteed that it's not going to happen? But then look at verse 18. It says, yet, even though all this stuff is true, yet I will rejoice. Not in the fact that I'm not going to get a harvest. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So it's a choice. We can choose where we want to place our focus and who we want to place our focus on. There's a generation that came before us, used to sing this song that said that this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This peace that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This love that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. So our joy is not dependent upon things happening for me, things that I want to happen for me. But so, one of the answers to the question, what do you do when there is no apparent harvest, or what do you do when there is no harvest? The first response I want to say is rejoice. Because we're not rejoicing in what we don't have, we're rejoicing in what we do have. The, the second thing that I got out of that is that we can choose where we can want to rejoice. Um, we can choose. Who we put our trust in. And the third thing that I got out of that is that we should be seeking and asking the Lord, what should I be doing? What should I be receiving? How should I be preparing? And what should I be preparing for in this harvest time? Even if there's no harvest, what should I be doing? We know one thing you shouldn't be doing. We shouldn't be like the children of Israel. That's why I love the word of God because it gives us examples. It gives us the good, the bad, and the ugly. It gives us what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And the choice is ours. We shouldn't be complaining. Yeah, it's not to our liking, but we should choose to rejoice because we have a God that can make a difference. The Lord God is my strength, not the, not the harvest. And he will here again, we're talking about these absolutes. We had the shells before. Now saying, He is mine, and he will make my feet like I, and he will make me to walk upon my high place. These are promises from God Almighty. So we can seek God at this time because there's many voices out there. There's many people promising things. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of accusations. But it's still going to come back to, Lord, what would you have me to do? And that's the other thing that I saw in this thing was personal. Starting with verse 18. It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. It doesn't matter if the rest of my family's not rejoicing. My friends, my, my associates. It says, I will rejoice in the God of my, of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. And he will make my feet. He will do these things for me. It's very personal. And so... The last thing that I was thinking about what we do we do after we've sown after we've we're expecting to reap and we start quoting scriptures and doing all this stuff. The last thing we can do, and it's probably the most one of the most important things to do, is wait on the Lord. Now we like to do a lot of things, but waiting isn't one of them. Uh, that's why we have the fast food industry that's so popular, and that's why most homes have microwaves, because we don't like to wait. Waiting requires trusting. Uh, the, The longer I wait, the more my trust is being tested. But it's also, waiting is not just sitting back and doing nothing. Waiting also requires preparing to receive. If you know you're going to get something, you prepare for it. Uh, the, the 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 widow woman, and I think she had the son, and she didn't have enough but just to, to feed her and her boy, and they were going to die. And the prophet said, no, get, get you some jars. Get you as many jars as you can. Why? She had to prepare to receive what was going to be coming her way. When we hear the Or see the weather report from the weather people and they they tell us it's going to rain. If we trust that report, we're going to prepare by getting an umbrella, getting a rain jacket or something. So waiting, we just don't wait doing nothing. While we're waiting, we're trusting and we're preparing. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Here again, it's personal. And lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct our path. So the more that we can embrace and appropriate the scriptures and the word of God for ourselves, the better. As we travel, and we have to travel get I know a lot of us are quarantined, and we, but we have to get out every now and then to go shopping or run errands. And as I've been looking around, and I talking about this season of, of harvest. I can't help but notice this, it's also a season of Halloween. And I know, yes, as Christians, we don't celebrate Halloween. But some of us do. <laughs> some of us do because Halloween, what is it? After all, it's, it's, it's dressing up in costumes and wearing a mask. And you go around gathering treats. Kids call it trick-or-treating. And and the reason why I say some Christians do because they can't be real. They always have to put on a front. They know how to to do the trick in order to receive the treat. They know how to say I'm highly favored, I'm blessed. They know all the things to say. But one person we can't trick, we can't fool, and that's God. There's a song that we sing here in this church from time to time that says, no more pretending. Lord, I know I need to tell you the truth this time, that everything's not all right in my life. And I need you like never before. I don't want to pretend anymore. In Galatians 6, 7 and 9, 7 through 9, rather. It says, be not deceived. Don't get it twisted. God is not mocked. He's not fooled. You can fool me. You can trick me. But God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary. That word weary. Let us not be fearful. Let us not be a coward in our mind. Let us not be faint-hearted. Let us, and this is the part I like, let us not get desperate. Because when we get desperate, you start doing things that you wouldn't normally do. Uh, Let us not get desperate. And it says, for in due season, here again, there's a season when things are due. We shall reap if we faint not, if we don't give up. Uh, We still reap a harvest of what we have sown. The scripture says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We deserve death. Uh, but we can thank God uh, because of his mercy and his grace. Is this, the, the word says, yes, for the wages of sin is death. But, this is one of those big buts, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We can thank God that he is merciful and that we don't get what we truly deserve in the form of punishment. We can also thank God that he's gracious because sometimes we get things. I often get things that I haven't necessarily worked for, that I didn't deserve or earn. Uh, I didn't necessarily plant that thing. Psalms 103, verse 10, it says, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. If God dealt with us according to our sins, none of us would be here. But he is gracious. He's merciful. And and I like this scripture that says in 2 Corinthians 9 and 10, it says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. First of all, this let me know this is all God. He's supplying the seed that I'm going to be sowing. The food. And not only is he going to supply the seed, he's going to multiply the seed. So that I can reap a greater harvest. It's going to be an an increased harvest. You know, coming in here today, here again, thinking about the season that we're in. Here in this country, we're in a a political season. And that brings all kind of stuff with it just all by itself. All the frustrations when we think about all the the corruption and the lies, the hypocrisy, the greed, the power struggles, makes you angry, the divisions. I was talking to a man and him and his daughter had a great relationship. And they never really talked politics. And, but she found out somewhere on Facebook who he was voting for. And she, I forgot what the, the term, but she canceled him on Facebook. She, she has nothing else to do with him. But not only on Facebook. She don't want to have any contact with him whatsoever. It's a, it's a divisive type of thing. It's designed that way. And added to all this turmoil we have increased racial tensions. It was bad before. Some of the things that we fought about years ago, we're still having to fight the same type of fights, and now it's even getting worse and worse. Some of us, we handle it with peaceful protests, others with violent riots. And then on top of all this, we're still in this pandemic and this coronavirus. And because we get conflicting mass media and social media accounts. We don't know what to believe. We don't know who to trust. There's a sentiment that just basically says we're voting for the lesser of two evils or that we're settling for good enough. But by now we know that good enough is just the enemy of the best. But I think sometimes as children of God, I have to ask myself, are we falling for the okie doke? Are are we being bamboozled? Because the scheme and the tactic of the enemy is just that, to divide us. Uh, He puts us in these boxes, political boxes, social boxes, moral boxes. It's all politics. As I was seeing the signs coming in, your vote counts and your vote matters. Re-elect so-and-so. Your, your voice is your vote all these things are true but one thing I saw a sign that put a smile on my face it said Jesus 2020 I'm like whoa and I know some folks are going to say yeah but you can't practically vote for Jesus I know that I, I know that's, that's true but I was thinking even if you could vote for Jesus I don't know if Jesus will get elected because somebody's going to put him in a box and I don't care. Even if Jesus is in the box that you ain't in, you might not vote for it. But the other thing that I was thinking about, yeah, we can't practically vote for Jesus on a ballot, but we can have the Holy Spirit who resides in us because Jesus, that's why he left, because he could only be in one place at one time. So he said, it's, it's necessary that I leave and go to my father, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit. and He's going to be in you. He's not going to be walking around with you. He's going to be in you. So the Holy Spirit is already resident. But we can vote and make him president. So many people are are satisfied with Jesus just being resident. He's living. I got the Holy Spirit inside of me. But is he calling the shots? We get so many distractions, even as Christians, because more people know what things we are against, but they don't know what we're for. They know we're against abortions and homosexuality and racism and corruption and inequalities and all these things, same-sex marriage. But what are we for? They need to know that we're for love. We're for benefiting others at our own expense and that we're about forgiveness and generosity and service and sacrificing and, yes, waiting on God because the enemy doesn't want us to wait on God to deliver us. He only wants you to react to how you feel and how you think and this last scripture says the other side of not reaping what you've sown because there's here again there are people and I, I picked this scripture because it, it's, it's talking to us in the body of Christ uh, in Jeremiah twelve thirteen, it says they have sown wheat but shall reap thorns because of the fierce anger of the Lord God knew that there were some wicked pastors out there, even though they were sowing the right seed. They're expecting, I sowed wheat, I'm going to reap a harvest of wheat. He said, no, you you sowing wheat, but you're going to reap thorns because you're wicked. And this was all an answer to, to Jeremiah's question When in verse 1 when he said, Righteous art thou, O Lord, let me talk with thee of thy judgments. Why has the wicked prospered? Gotta let them know it looks like they're prospering but like he said they're they're sowing all this they're looking like they're doing great things but they're going to reap thorns and as I close I want to close on the most important time or season is now one of my neighbors uh, was driving by the house and he saw a sign that we prominently display at the front of our house has seven words it says he died so that we may live has those words at a cross he Jesus died so that we may live he said he was driving by that and he read that and he paused and he said he kept thinking about that he went home he said he couldn't shake it he kept thinking he couldn't sleep that night he said he finally gave his life to the Lord so when he when he saw me just the other day here he said don't ever take that sign down He told me this story, he said, because you never know who that's going to reach. He said, he said, it's it's more than the words. He said, there's truth in these words. But he said, also your lifestyle. There's some, there's a famous saying that says, and I forgot who said it. They said, preach the gospel and use words if necessary. We've used a lot of words in these scriptures because they're just words on a page we just think of them as that the harvest truly is great and plenteous but the labors are few as we go about you can't wake up any morning and not hear about another shooting or a senseless death uh, another tragedy and it's so easy to say why are these people doing they don't value life anymore they don't it, it seems so senseless and I'm going to close with these words written by Marvin Winans. It's a song. He, he's asking the question, who's going to tell them that Jesus loves them? Who's going to tell them that there's a better way? Who's going to warn them of the things coming on them so that God can turn their night to day?" But then he didn't leave it there with the question. He answered it. He said, I'm going to tell them that Jesus loves them. And I'm going to tell them there's a better way. I'm going to warn them of the things coming on them so God can turn their night to day. It always comes back to what we're going to do and how our relationship is with God. So I thank God for this word. Uh, Again, I want to remind you that we have Shabbat prayer every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and we have Bible study every Thursday at 7 p.m. And at the end of this month, October 31st, that's a Saturday, last Saturday of the month and I can't remember the times I think it starts at one from one to three we're going to be having a gathering here on the church grounds not inside the church sanctuary but on the church grounds you can drive through like a driving theater and we're going to be feeding and reconnecting with some folks that we haven't seen for several months so may God richly bless you thank you for tuning in
0: I pray that you were strengthened by the word if this message touched you in any way, please let us know by reaching out to us online on social media. Also, please share this podcast and help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you would like to donate to our ministry, you can do so by going to our website, a call to or go through Catch App. We are Freedom FMC. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you until we meet again. Amen.